Hey, y'all. My name is Nicole Rowan, and this is my podcast, a space to encourage you, share biblical truths, get all of these thoughts in my head out, and introduce you to some amazing people along the way. For more info, you can go to NicoleRowan.com. Okay, I am so excited about having um, a powerhouse on the the podcast today and um, just really, uh, honestly, I mean, she's more than just a powerhouse. She's a mom, she's a wife, she's a student, but she's my friend. And we have had so many cool conversations over the years um, about lots of different things, but specifically church ministry. So I'm excited to introduce to you Tally today. She uh, is studying for her master's in divinity at North Park Seminary and is an author of a children's book and is obsessed in a lot of ways with the church. Um, She has volunteered full-time over the past four years at her church. She's been on staff. She's been a pastor. She's preached. um, And she is just amazing. And one of the things I really love about you, Tally, is you're really good at loving people and meeting them where they are. I mean, I remember the first time we met, we had never met before and we hopped in a car together and we drove a few hours North to go do ministry on Halloween. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I just remember thinking like, who is this spunky girl? Um, I didn't even know like the authority and the level of intimacy with the Lord that you carried at that time. But over the years I've been able to to get to know that. Um, I know that you have your bachelor's in psychology and you obviously use a lot of that knowledge to understand more where people are coming from. And I'm sure that that has helped in, in church ministry. Um, and I just love you. How old is your son, August? August is three, just turned three. Okay. Three-year-old. I was going to say, I couldn't remember how old he was, but for everyone listening, I'm excited to introduce to you, my friend, Tally. We want to talk about really organ organizational leadership within the church specifically. Um, and really what that has looked like for her journey. And then, you know, I'll kind of share a little bit about mine. Um, but I really wanted to create a space on today's podcast to be able to share with you what biblically organizational leadership should look like inside of the church specifically, but also talk about um, some of the messes and some of the things that, that Tally has walked through and the things that she's learned and grown through and have recognized up to this point being in church ministry for so long and, and studying it and being in seminary. And so if you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to walk away feeling encouraged. I want you to walk away feeling inspired to help be the change and bring healthy leadership. Um, and if you have questions, please, you can put them uh, below or you can email my team, Nicole Lynn Rowan at gmail.com and we will get back to you. Um, and then Tally, where, just before we get started, where can they find you on social media? Um, at Tally Ourswald is on Instagram. And I know that's like a mouthful. T-A-L-E-E-A-U-E-R-S-W-A-L-D. Yes, um, and I will he- also tag that for people. Yeah. And I keep trying to get at Tally. Um, it's just so <laughs> similar, but someone's got it and they have like one follower and no posts and no pictures. And it's just killing me. I'm like, please Instagram. Can you just delete that one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I know. Once, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, well, 
Tally, I, I want to just kind of give you the floor, if you will, and talk about kind of your church history. Give us like a, a snippet of what your church history has looked like and why organizational structure is so important to you. Yeah. So, yes, um, as Nicole said, my name is Tally. How y'all doing wherever you are at in the world? If you're listening um, while you're walking, while you're doing dishes, just God bless you. You are important. You are beautiful. You are valued. And God is doing big things in you and through you. And I just bless you and I bless your journey. Um, so I would say like growing up, I'm the youngest of six. My dad is one of seven. My mom is one of 10. My dad's mom is one of eight. I have just constantly been growing up in a huge dynamic, like huge family, so many elders, uncles, aunts, cousins, second cousins, once removed, twice removed, three times removed. Um, and as more of like a nine on the Enneagram, if you're familiar with that, um, I, I'm the youngest of six. So I very like rambunctious four older brothers and a very strong, um, 11 years older sister. So I, I tended to just be more quiet and more observant and I think it kind of, I, I don't know, I don't know how much God created me to be this way or how environmental it was, but I've just always watched group dynamics my whole life. And I've always been fascinated by them so much so that team after team, I was like most inspirational or most motivated player. Like I was like, girl, you can do this. You know, like everything was about encouraging people, championing people, uh, group dynamics, not leaving people out. Um, in high school, I was like a part of everything. And, you know, any kid that was left out or in the halls by themselves, I made sure to take that extra five minutes and go and get to know them. You know, that's just like how, it's just how I am. And entering into the church um, in my twenties and going through hell and back, really, um, I, I entered the church world again, very observant and very sub submissive for sure. Like I was so much about honor that maybe I kind of got into like some realms of false humility for a while there. Like just kind of like, I don't know, whatever you think is best, you know, like I, you, all you people have been doing this your whole life. Like, I don't know, you know? So I really did though in honor, you know, stand, sit at the feet of so many mentors and so many elders, like so many. And that's how I was just born. I was, that's how I was born and raised to do. And that's just what I did. And so over the years, um, volunteering full-time for about four years and then being on, being a pastor for like a few more, um, I just, I, I deterred, I, I, I would deter. And even when I would feel like, mm, this isn't, I'm not feeling this, I would speak up, but I'd always be like, well, you know, better you know better. And you know, the last four or five years I've been in this master's in divinity program and I've just been sponging everything and applying everything. But finally last year, after talking so many people not to not quit <laughs> from our church, God mm -hmm. said, okay, I want you, I want you to be in Sabbath. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like as a woman in ministry, it's like, I'm getting into like this associate pastor role. I'm doing my master's in divinity. This is like my people, my family. And you want me to like, not yeah. be here at all. Like he wanted, don't even walk into these doors kind of Sabbath. And I was like, what? But man, in this last year and a half to really just sit at the feet of Jesus and 
process and look back and look through and really apply all that I've learned in school and all that I've learned in experience, I've really landed at a really peaceful, um, assured, rooted, yet so light and loving place when it comes to the church and church design. And, and, um, I just feel like God's just been giving me downloads of like where he wants the church to go and how it's supposed to be designed. Cause okay, my- so let's talk about that because that gets me excited. Yeah. Like talk to me about what was, you know, let's just, let's just get straight to the point. Like what was an, an issue? If we're talking about organizational structure, like what's an issue inside of the church that you have experienced personally? And what do you think the solution is? Okay. Well, when it goes, when it gets into issues, I would have to say, um, given my passion for people and, you know, my psychology background, creating a safe place for people, that's like a very huge value for me, especially as a nine, I need to feel safe to share. (laughs) So I might be a little biased, but I, I would say, I would say who I would ask this, who are the organizational structures designed to protect? Mm. What does that mean, Tally? So it's like, okay, so are, are these designs of how these ministries operate? Are these designed to protect leadership? Are these designed to protect the volunteers? Are these designed to protect the people of the church? Are these designed to protect the business? of the church what what how are these organizational structures designed so firstly let's i could dive into accountability because i just have very high 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 value for accountability like are our churches creating a safe place for feedback for the people of the church do the people of the church feel comfortable and safe to say hey I'm noticing some things with this leader, or I'm noticing some things with this volunteer. I'm not comfortable with that. Can I just process that with you hmm. or just talk with you about it? Um, and I, I, and before I dive into, it's like, I know, and I understand, like, we're not doing fear man stuff in the church. Like if, if leadership had to like change gears and trajectories based on every man's opinions, like Lord have mercy, we would go nowhere. Yeah. Okay. But these are like, what I'm talking about more is like people that are like seasoned, they're at the church, they're there or, or I, or they're new either way, like creating a space for feedback, just simple, simple feedback. Cause I have yet to really see that as many churches that I have now kind of been involved with. I've yet to see that really happen into fruition. Um, so because- what, what I hear you saying is you haven't seen um, a structure inside of the church where it welcomes feedback from the people and not feedback that is nitpicky and gossipy and juvenile, but feedback about, um, or, uh, in consideration of the leadership. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because I just, you know, I've seen so many conflicts, especially within a dysfunctional leadership situation where there's so much pressure so there's this dynamic. There's just so much pressure on the on the volunteer to be courageous, to be bold, to like, well, did you talk to them about it? Did you talk to this person that everybody mm. idolizes about that? You know, it's like, like, and then if they do, it's like sometimes they end up getting gaslighted 
or patronized or like, Mm. well, that's really not enough to do anything about that. And it's like, okay, wow. Like, first off, there's so much burden and pressure for me to say something. Then I say something and then I'm like in trouble for saying something. I've Mm. seen a staff member at a church fired for just having concerns over their fellow staff member because it didn't align because they wanted to protect them because there wasn't enough visible evidence that they're just accusatory. So you, you, sorry, let me just stop you right there. So you, you witnessed a staff member on a leadership team, go to the leadership and say, Hey, I have concerns about this leader that's amongst us. And that person got let go because they had concerns. Yes. Because, you know, they might've had too much of a, let's say a truthful, assertive personality behind it Hmm. that, and there were a woman that it got to be like, oh, they're just not one of us. She's just not. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, Why do you think that is? I, well, it's that whole, it's, it's that whole, we see it in the Catholic church. We see it everywhere. It's just that tribalism mentality. Hmm. Um, And we really want to think the best of our people. It comes from like a really protective, loyal, loving place but that again what are the structures designed to protect are you designing to be loyal to the fellow leadership are you designing to be protective and loyal for god's people whether they're in leadership or not in leadership um Mm. and it's interesting because i've even seen um someone being brought up into leadership and people who would never speak up multiple people on the team speak up and say, I just, I don't feel like this is going to be a healthy situation. I, I, there, I have, we have a lot of concerns and they just did it anyway. So Hmm. I think what, what would be valuable because what ends up happening in, in those type of cultures, which is not all cultures, um, is that you just have high turnover in ministry. You have a lot of underdeveloped people and there's just spiritual sense of like, confusion or self-doubt or Mm. hidden hiddenness um Mm. competition you'll see a lot of self-promoting because people aren't necessarily being honored um or given the time to be heard because it opens up this big bigger cultural issue of honor and are these people on your team so that you can use their gifts so that you mm. use them for tasks or they are they on your team so you can develop them through these tasks and oh, through these that's a good word skills. yeah and really truly develop them into who God's calling them to become for the kingdom of God not necessarily for your ministry what would you say though tally cuz you know i'm hearing everything that you're saying and i have you know have i've had similar experiences and i can see the pain of that kind of leadership structure, but, you know, let's say like you were in charge for a day or for a year or over you're the lead pastor. Like what would you put in place to be able to give an opportunity for people to come forward with feedback or to come forward with concerns without creating an atmosphere where it's chaotic all the time because so-and-so doesn't like so-and-so or they've started dating their ex-boyfriend and, you know, where we don't create an atmosphere that's chaotic and, truly just juvenile like how would you set that structure up um first most i would ask an overseer to oversee me like 
If you were the senior leader, you would ask an overseer to oversee you. Yes. Meaning an elder or a mentor or who is that, that overseer? Yeah. So like in some church structures, they have an overseer board and they're designed to oversee the church and have just like a voice and an influence um, on the church or an elder in the church. I would, there has to be somebody that's not in the ministry, that it's wise and mature to be like a partner, but not in the sense of partnership of having to do the dues of the ministry, but is there as like a papa bear or a mama bear for the ministry. And, and, and really for me as well as a leader, because mm-hmm. what this person can do, cause I often ask, like, <laughs> it's like, if you ask a ministry leader, Hey, like how so-and-so on your team, like where are they at with God? Are, are, you know, like, what is God doing in their life right now? How is your ministry developing them? I think mm-hmm. a lot of ministry leaders would be like, would be shocked. Like they wouldn't know what, what to say. Now I'm not saying everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would ask this overseer to check in on my people. I would say, could you once a month, you know, like take one person out or two people out on my ministry and maybe ask them questions like what's God doing in your life? Or, um, how do you, how do you feel or see that this ministry is helping God do that in your life? Or where do you see this ministry going? You know, what's being held back in this ministry, like giving people a voice and it, it will never necessarily get to the gunk if you get ahead of it, right? If people feel like they're heard, if people feel like they're seen, and me as a leader should be asking these questions as well. So then let's say it's like, what would you like to see change in this ministry? So here's this overseer gaining all this information about this person. Now they're building a relationship. There's a mentorship that's automatically going to happen within that conversation. So then let's say that person comes back to the ministry leader. Now, this isn't a gossip conversation. This is like, well, so-and-so thinks that you're doing. No, it's not that juvenile thing. It's okay. Oh my gosh. I just heard the heart. I just heard the heart of Nicole, man. God is doing mighty things through her prophetic voice. And how can we strategize that in this ministry? How can we give her more of a voice and develop that? Oh, you know, we have this Friday night service. One of during worship, we let her kind of just say a little thing once a month, like, like really like move, removing people toward the will of God, removing people toward the development, removing people toward that hands-on ministry, um, interaction. Um, yeah. What would you, cause you know, Ty, I actually meet a lot of church planters and I have a lot of friends in ministry and my husband and I are consulting a few churches right now and their leadership team. And one of the things I'm finding is there's actually a lot of leadership. Well, let's just call it senior pastors who don't have an elder team and we don't know who's overseeing them. Mm. What would you say about that? Like, what are your thoughts on Cause I can hear the argument, like God is my overseer. Right. But in the same vein, I don't tell people like God is your King. He is your savior. He's your father, but you need like an earthly mentor. So I'm a big advocate of that. Right. Yeah. And so I think it goes, you know, it's the same for the church, but what would you say to someone who's leading, who doesn't have an overseer, doesn't have an elder team. Maybe they have some mentors on the side, but people that are not directly attached to their leadership at the church, like what would be your advice for them? And then if we can also give advice for the person attending a church mm-hmm. where they are under the leadership of someone who doesn't have an overseer, do you know what I'm saying? 
So what would you give to the person in leadership? And then what would you give to the person who's attending that person in leadership? Yeah. Well, generally, I guess, because it all depends on the person, right? Um, but generally, and this is kind of leads into also where I see the church going, like church design going. Um, but I would, I would, I would really ask questions around um their heart, um, their why they're doing that, what what's their vision for that? Um, is it because that's what they've only seen? Kind of those kind of questions, like getting yeah. into some roots. But overall, um, I, I don't necessarily think that King Saul structure of um, just that one guy or one gal kind of being in charge of everything is actually where the church is going in this next mm, season. I, I think agree. God, yeah, I think God's given a lot of grace for that. And he's loved it. He's there. God will, God will always move. He is so relentless in his love. And it's really up to us to, to allow and create space for how much, you know what I mean? Like how much we let him move, but where the church is moving into a far more collaborative space. I think the church is moving into a far more unified space between churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but that unity has to start within a church. and. There's this phrase that a lot of churches have modeled well. Um, it's like the fivefold ministry. Yes. Um, yes. And, you know, a, a lot of people try to do the fivefold ministry and they kind of fall flat um, because I love what Bill Johnson said at Bethel Church. He was he said it took like 20 years for them to really appoint the fivefold wow. and that there's really no rush for that. And it really got my head spinning of like, okay, if there's no rush, what can that look like? What, what, what does that actually look like? And it's really simply just getting a pastoral team. I think the future is a pastoral team where not everybody is the exact same person. Maybe somebody's real, real good at calling some stuff out. So maybe somebody's real, real good at just being a teacher and making things tangible for the 11 year old in the room and the 65 year old in the room. You know, maybe um, there's someone who really cares about people's hearts and really cares about shepherding and coming alongside people step-by-step and the way they preach is just a little bit different. Um, Maybe there's someone who has big vision and who's bringing people up in their call and the call for the church and where the church is going. Like, I I think we need all the voices. Yeah. We need them all. And, and so, you know, I, I think the one guy and or one gal on top is a very limiting, it's very limiting. And I would ask someone designing their church that way, like how, limitless do you want your church to be how much do you want god to move because there are so many different kinds of people sitting in that audience listening to what you're saying yeah there's so many people that relate differently to the bible and 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 we we need it all <laughs> we yeah. need the teachers i need the prophets i need the apostles man i need the pastors like it, it's just so much of a burden to take on all that yeah for one for one person yeah one well, and i'm even reminded of ephesians 4 11 that says it was he who gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers to prepare god's people 
for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith. And it's interesting because, you know, I've been a believer um, for a long time, but I've been in church ministry for 15 years and I've never seen the fivefold ministry rolled out or honored in the way that I'm hearing you talk about, but I'm believing that that I don't know. I'm sensing that that might be the new wineskin that we hear people talking about, especially coming out of 2020 and COVID and, you know, all of the Christians and all of the people saying the church is not going to go back to the same. And what is it going to look like? And I have just been agonizing and hunting, you know, for a word from the Lord of like, God, what is that new thing? And as I'm hearing you talk about this, and as I've, I've thought about this over the past year, I'm like, I wonder if the new thing is the fivefold ministry. I wonder if God is so crazy about unity in the body of Christ and the gifts that we each carry, that this is the new way forward, if you will. And um, I'm going to do a teaching on the fivefold ministry because this is just pumping me up, but I love what you're saying. And I love um, how you're explaining why that is so important to not have the one head, but Hey, that's what we've always been used to. Right. So that's going to take a, I feel like that's going to take a shift. Um, Tally, given your, your studies, you know, you're getting your master's in divinity right now. Like that is a, especially as a mom, like that's a lot to, to undergo and to study and, you know, all of that. What would you say if you had to give just as we're ending two tips of someone listening right now, that is, you know, as nerdy as us about organizational leadership or that wants to go into to ministry, or maybe is currently serving in ministry um, as a lead pastor or serving a lead pastor, like what, what's two, two tips you'd leave us with um, in regards to healthy organizational leadership? Yeah. So one tip for healthy organizational leadership is a culture of humility. Mm. Every single person that enters in to volunteer or to step into any type of role in ministry needs to know first and foremost that they are a servant that they are there to serve the Lord, that they're there to love God with all of their heart and love others as themselves to Romans 12, 10, to, to honor others above themselves and to love each and every person in that sisterly brotherly love. And that, you know, it's not about a platform. Um, it's not about, um, about how you can, your career can be built up in ministry or how, um, how good you can look. No, no, no. This is about how dirty your hands are going to get helping people and meeting the needs of people as the, as the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. Um, and my second tip would be to really read David. I'm just so inspired by David and how he, um, delegated, yeah, how he delegated um, the his ministry. Yeah. How you know, there were people that sang, there were people that played, there were people that recorded, there were people like he found everyone's gifting, and he let them operate fully in that. And I think that's yeah. that's huge. Not filling a space. Oh, you're cool. We like you. Do this role. No, mm. no, no. Their merit, their anointing, their gifting, yeah. like that fullness of who they, um, not where they're going, but who really they're becoming. Um, yeah. yeah. 
That's good. I love that. And I, and I can hear your, your passion for people behind that. And I know that there's probably people listening who, um, that, that probably just really spoke a significant amount to their hearts because I feel like there's probably a lot of people who haven't experienced that. So, oh my gosh, I could, I feel like I could talk to you about this topic. I mean, I know that we've already spent hours behind the scenes talking about this just because that's what we do, but I feel like I could talk to you so much more about this, but just for the sake of time, um, gosh, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for giving up your time away from your son. I know how precious that time is and just, you know, wanting to share the things on your heart about this. I think that there is a shifting happening in the church and we need voices like yours to be able to speak into it and help us, you know, have healthy understanding of what church leadership and church organization should look like. And I'm just excited about what God's going to do with you in the coming years. And, oh, I love it. So thank you so much, Tally. If you guys are wanting to get connected with her, go ask her all the questions go give her all your tears. I'm kidding. (laughs) You can find her on socials. And, um, again, if you have any questions, please put them below as always. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. And I hope you're leaving inspired and encouraged. If you're looking for me, you can find me at Nicole Lynn Rowan on Instagram and Nicole Rowan on Facebook. And until the next time, bye friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to connect with me on any of the social media platforms, you can find me at Nicole Lynn Rowan.